This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 37. As a former classroom teacher, now homeschooling mom of five, I love to equip and encourage other homeschool families. So stick around to learn how to homeschool with Moxie. It's about embracing your journey and finding your groove. Show notes for today's episode can be found at 41more.com forward slash 37. This episode is brought to you by my eBay reseller mini course for teens. Almost any teenager who wants to make a little money on the side would really benefit from this course. It's a great motivation for them to declutter their room and make some profit by selling these things on eBay. I will walk them through step-by-step how to get this done. You can find my eBay, eBay reseller mini course for teens in the show notes or you can find it at 41more.teachable.com. And for you, my podcast listeners, you can save $5 off this course using the coupon code for this podcast, which is HWM5. That stands for Homeschool with Moxie, $5 off HWM5 to save $5 off. So welcome to episode 37, all about homeschooling with dyslexia. I don't actually, I don't pretend to know everything about this subject. We do have one child in our home that um, has all the classic signs of dyslexia. And I honestly wish I had known more about it way back when he was starting, when we started to notice the signs in kindergarten and first grade, I wish I had known more and done more research. And so I guess that's why I'm doing this podcast, because if you have a child in your homeschool that you suspect might have dyslexia, I don't want you to ignore it. We kind of were in denial a little bit thinking, well, maybe I just didn't explain the phonics rules well enough. You know, why is he not getting spelling? Like I kind of took it upon myself and thinking I must be doing something wrong. But I want this episode to be a little bit of an encouragement to you and to give you a few steps to take if you are in this situation. My background is um, as a classroom teacher. So I have my bachelor's degree and almost a master's degree in education at this point. And honestly, I have not been Um, instructed about dyslexia, I really feel like a homeschool mom who is like a mama bear looking for the best for her kids, willing to research, willing to look into things. I feel like you're going to be better equipped than even people going to university and getting a teaching degree because I have all the educational background where I should know these things and I was not taught them. And so I feel like just in my role as a homeschool mom, I've learned so much about dyslexia and you can too. You don't have to be an educational professional to teach your child at home, even if they have dyslexia. So in this episode, let's jump into some of these 
I guess, myths about it, some of the common ways people talk about it, and then some actual practical steps of how you can meet your child's needs, even in homeschool, even if they have dyslexia. So the first thing I'm going to mention is you have to get your mind around that if you see the early signs of dyslexia, which you probably know a lot of kids in as they're learning to read and write and spell, they have trouble. They mix letters up. They have a hard time. They don't remember the spelling rules. They have a hard time reading. And you might think it's your fault because you didn't teach them properly. But it could be that this child has dyslexia. Those are the classic signs. Um, and I guess I would say that you need to know the signs, but you also need to know that what worked for one child in your homeschool is not necessarily going to work for the next because we had done things with other children that worked. And then when they didn't work for one of our children, I felt like, well, that I have always done it this way. Why isn't it working? So you have to be flexible and realize that you're going to have to adapt and morph their education to a way that they will still be able to be successful. The best book I have come across on the topic of dyslexia, and I will link to it in the show notes, it's called The Dyslexic Advantage, written by a husband and wife team. Uh, one of, or Both of them have the, are MDs, so they're coming at it from even a medical point of view um, and an educational point of view. The Dyslexic Advantage, and the subtitle is Unlocking the Hidden Potential of the Dyslexic Brain. And what was so awesome about this book is they do bring to uh, the forefront the fact that dyslexia has always been termed a disorder. So when you term something a learning disorder, it's a negative connotation. You just think of the negatives. It's all negative, And it's a terrible place to be for your child to be looked upon as negative and it's a terrible place as a parent because you have the wrong perspective on that child. So this book, I really love it because instead of looking at it as a disorder, they're looking at it as a learning style and they're actually looking at what this dyslexic processing might actually bring to the forefront in talents and abilities. Because the truth is, I could look at my dyslexic child and see all the negatives, but that one child also excels in certain areas that his siblings do not. And I think that's a great perspective for parents. So instead of being discouraged that your child has dyslexia, pick up this book and it's going to give you so much encouragement to the things that they can do. Oh, even in a far better way than those of us who don't have dyslexia. So point number one would be know the signs, pick up this book, and then let's jump into a few other myths and practical things we can talk about. So see if this um, description fits the bill for maybe one of your children who you think might have dyslexia. So in the book, The Dyslexic Advantage, the authors talk about how dyslexics can actually excel at seeing the big picture. They struggle with processing fine details. This is, this is why spelling rules and things are just too many little details. My child with dyslexia has a hard time with just a bunch of facts needed to be regurgitated on a test because they're just jumbled in his mind. But dyslexics have a really great ability to make connections um, with differing ideas in their brain and to actually pull concepts together that 
the rest of us may not even see. And dyslexics are really great at visual spatial tasks. And these tasks are commonly tested on the IQ and other cognitive batteries. But listen to this, on those tests, they assess 2D spatial abilities and actually fail to measure the real world 3D spatial strengths that individuals with dyslexia possess. So we've got to be really careful when we're sending our dyslexic kids for different testing because, you know, the testing world is usually made for people that are not dyslexic. And so they don't always do well on assessments, even on the IQ test, but that really does not honestly reflect their actual IQ, their actual strengths. So that's a really been a really important aspect to our family to consider that our dyslexic child has great abilities in some areas and that school and traditional testing is not always made for his type of learning and his type of brain. So um, another thing about dyslexics is they are distracted by visual imagery because they are so visual. They can start to imagine things. And if you give them too many visuals that aren't related to the reasoning process, then they're going to be distracted. Here's an example. So what if um, in a syllogism, your child was told, some snowboarders are jugglers. All horsewomen are snowboarders. How many horsewomen are jugglers? Do you see how confusing that is? The authors probably thought that all that vivid imagery is going to be wonderful, but for your dyslexic child, if they're even working on a math problem that has too much imagery, that's going to distract them. And so all of these things mentioned in this book have been really eye-opening because you know, I don't think this way. This is not how my brain works. So it's been really good for me and my husband to learn about the different ways that dyslexics are processing information. Here's another really important aha moment that we had. With my child with dyslexia, I would try to simplify the instruction, trim it down to a bare minimum because I didn't want to overload this child. But what I didn't realize is that individuals with dyslexia have a top-down, big-picture learning style. And so they are looking at things from a big-picture overview And they fit in new chunks of information into that framework that's already in their brain. So this is why big picture thinkers learn best when they have a general understanding of their goals and the big picture. Now, what do we often do in traditional school education, you know, the way we normally do it, we're giving them new bits of information, all these little bits of things to memorize before explaining the meaning. And that doesn't work well for dyslexics. It's just a big jumble in their head. So instead of stripping things down to the bare minimum, that's taking away too much context. And so for individuals with dyslexia, they have such a highly interconnected learning style that we actually, so when they are given a reading assignment, for example, 
Don't just hand your dyslexic child a reading assignment. Give them an overview, a context of the assigned passages so that they have some kind of framework to attach this story to and preview the information, tie in new information with things they've already learned. Give them previews of new the new chapter or a new unit. And this is going to better help your dyslexic child not to be frustrated. And so I hope you can learn from my mistakes and not make the same ones I've made. I guess what really frustrates me as a parent with a dyslexic child is that the tr- the way traditional school is set up, it assumes that the only form of knowledge that counts is if a student can memorize and regurgitate facts. And there might not even be in context. I mean, you know as well as I do that it's easy to cram your brain for an exam and just regurgitate all that information and then walk away and forget it and not really even understand it all. But a lot of times our dyslexic children are not well served in the educational system because it's not made for their learning style. Our dyslexic kids are actually much better at comprehension and making deep connections. We have personally always been surprised by our dyslexic child. He is able to make huge connections. Even at a young age, he was able to think deeply about things and connect them. That did not mean he scored well on fact-based tests. And so what we've had to do is realize that we need to assess differently. This same child is an absolute brilliant hands-on putting things together, building computers from scratch. So don't tell me that this child is not brilliant. He has a different kind of brilliance that is not measured in our traditional schools and testing and standardized tests. And one other bit of encouragement for you, which was so fun to read about, there was an actual formal study done in the UK and later in the United States. And this research was done on entrepreneurs. And in the United Kingdom, the researcher found that the incidence of dyslexia among entrepreneurs was about twice the rate as it was in the general population. And in the United States, it was at least three times as high. Because these dyslexics, they have a sense of vision. They can see things. They can see the big picture that other people can't see. And they actually use their intuition a lot. They, a lot of times, can have excellent oral communication. Um, And so I was really super encouraged by reading this book, The Dyslexic Advantage. And these are just some of my takeaways. So number one, be flexible in your homeschool with your methods and curriculum. Number two, Don't rely on the traditional ways of homeschooling. Don't do traditional tests. You're not going to be able to do a spelling test with 20 words a week. You're not going to be able to do in high school traditional tests where they regurgitate information. You're going to have to come up with other ways where your dyslexic child can show that they've learned the information, whether it's orally, whether it's... um, typing out or using um, Google to like voice, um, you know, speak their paper and then a program or an app will type it for them. Whether it's creating a project or an audiovisual uh, final project showing what they've learned, whether it's building something. Um, there are so many ways to assess whether learning has taken place that doesn't rely on a traditional test that most dyslexic or dyslexics are going to have a hard time excelling at. Another thing that I, I wasn't sure if audiobooks was cheating at the high school level when they've got to read certain classics. And I 
have come to realize, and there's been studies, and I will link to this also in the show notes, that your brain is just as engaged and triggered with listening to an audiobook as it is with reading the words on the page. So I've totally given into audiobooks. My dyslexic son is able to enjoy the same literature that I've expected of other children at the high school level. And I really wish I would have done more of this at the younger ages because um, I will also link to an awesome podcast that Andrew Pudua did about with his son um, about dyslexia and how audiobooks totally were a game changer for them. Because look, your dyslexic kids might not want to naturally sit down and read a book, but if you can get them to listen to those stories, they're still building their vocabulary. They're still engaging. That's engaging their brain. And it's not a waste. I used to think audiobooks were cheating and I totally don't think that anymore. So if you have a child with dyslexia, pump those audiobooks into their homeschool. So don't compare this dyslexic child with your other kids. Go with audiobooks. Definitely know the signs and be willing to look at your kid with dyslexia as not just being disadvantaged or having a disability, but look at them as an amazing human who has some superpowers that the rest of us don't have. I think that's the best way to look at dyslexia, especially in the homeschool. And homeschool mom, you are more than qualified to do an awesome job homeschooling your dyslexic child. And I'll leave you with that little bit of encouragement. Thanks so much for joining us on today's Homeschool with Moxie podcast. This has been episode number 37. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 37. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.